Cool. So today we are jumping into uh, Luke chapter five, verses thirty-three through thirty-nine. Now this is a this is a tough group of passages. There's actually uh, looks like three different illustrations that are used in here to kind of illustrate the same principle. Um, so we're going to look at this and uh, with this in mind. Uh, the only way to really interpret this, and, and one of the ways that you interpret biblical passages like this, is you look at what came before and what came after. You look at the passage in the larger context of what's being said, and if you look at it in the larger context of what's being said, there might be clues as to how to interpret that passage. Uh, and so today we're going to look at this passage, and we're going to look at it thinking about... Um, you know, Matthew, the calling of Matthew, that Matthew was a tax collector and uh, the Pharisees had a real problem with Jesus inviting Matthew to be his disciple and eating with Matthew uh, because Jesus, I mean, he puts himself in sharp contrast to the other religious leaders of the day. He picked people nobody else picked. He did things that nobody else did, and this will show that um, to the full. So here's what it says. It says, one day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciple fasts and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why do your disciples, why, or why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Okay, so this uh, right here, well, let me just kind of describe what the religious um, practice was in that day. Disciples and people who were religious leaders would fast two times a week. They would fast, I believe it's Monday and Wednesday, but basically two days a week they would devote to fasting. And on those days, they would put stuff on their face that showed other people that they were fasting. And it was kind of like this big, almost production. Uh, and it showed other people like, hey, I'm a very pious, zealous person for the Lord. Uh, and so the Pharisees are coming to, to Jesus saying, why don't your disciples fast two days a week? Um, and Jesus, he responds like this. This was his response. Do wedding, uh, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Okay, so that's kind of a weird uh, way for Jesus to respond. But basically he's saying um, there's a wedding feast, and this is a big party. The groom is with you, and so if the groom is around and you're at a wedding, are you going to fast at a wedding? No, it wouldn't be appropriate, right? Because this is a joyous occasion. It's a great thing, and so it's almost insulting to fast or to not eat while you're at a wedding because it's so joyous. But but Jesus then says, and he speaks of himself as the groom, because he's saying, I'm with my disciples. But one day I won't be with my disciples. And one day the groom, who is Jesus, will be taken away. He'll die on a cross. Uh, he'll ascend into heaven. And then the, the people at the, who were at the wedding will be without the groom. And so they'll be sad. And they're going to want to fast so that they can uh, show um, uh, just basically like that, that sadness of being away from the groom, right? So Jesus explains it like that. And then, you know, and, and really what this is, is the Pharisees are, are attacking. They're calling into question Jesus's practice as a rabbi and in his disciple making process. And Jesus explains his process here in the next two illustrations. It says, then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. 
for then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. <clears throat> so what is what is Jesus saying here? He's saying you've got two two pieces of clothes. You've got an old piece of cloth uh, or you know an old garment that had a hole in it and it was old, it was faded. I mean it had probably been washed a thousand times and it had been shrunk over time because it had gone through the washing cycle and it faded because it lost its color and uh, there was a hole in it. And Jesus said, I didn't come to go to the new garment and cut a piece of cloth off the new garment and patch it onto the old garment because what that would do is it would ruin the new garment because now, because you cut a hole in the in the new garment and you put it and used it to patch the old garment, the, the new garment isn't good anymore. And then he said, uh, because the new garment patch is new, it wouldn't even match the old one. Uh, and so it would look weird because you'd have this piece of new garment cloth on an old garment, uh, the the new color would be vivid and it would be unshrunk, and so uh, it would it would just look weird and out of place on an old garment. He said, uh, so so basically he used that to describe his disciple making process. He's saying, you guys have an old system. You have an old way of doing things. You have uh, an old garment. And the old garment, I I would say, would be like these religious laws and religious practices. And these uh, Pharisees and religious leaders using old religious practices in order to achieve righteousness. You're You're trying to achieve righteousness by fasting two times a week and doing all of these religious things. And they're not getting you to where you want to be. And so Jesus says, I've got a brand new garment and I'm not taking my new message and the new life that I've come to give and trying to patch it back onto old religious ways because it would dilute the new message, but it would also um, damage the old religious way as well. They, they don't really, they don't coexist very well. You can't have grace and religion. You can't have grace and law. Law says, I'm going to do these things in order to achieve righteousness. Grace says, Jesus died on the cross so that you have righteousness. And it's not about what you've done. It's about what he's done. And he's saying these two systems don't coincide. And so then he uses one more illustration. He says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins for new wine would burst the wineskins spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. No one would drink old uh, the old wine, I'm sorry, n- but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old wine is just fine, they say. Uh, so, so Jesus is describing this process of storing wine. And basically what they would do is they would take these animal skins and they would sew them up into uh, containers, vessels, and they would pour wine in them. And new wineskins, because they were fresh, uh, had more elasticity. They were um, basically like they were stretchy, right? And so what would happen is like the the wine would go into these old wineskins and they would seal the top. And over time, because of the fermentation process, gases would build up inside of these wineskins and it would cause the wineskins to expand. Band. And because they were new wineskins, they had the elasticity to be able to expand. And so these new wineskins would expand with the new wine. 
But if you put new wine into old wineskins, they no longer had that elasticity. They they wouldn't grow uh, with the gas inside. What would happen is that gas would build up, and because they'd already been stretched out, they would burst, and it would ruin the new wine, and it would ruin the wineskins. So it didn't make any sense. And so what Jesus is saying is, I can't, I can't pour my message of grace into the old way of law, because what it would do is it would ruin the message of grace and it would ruin the law. Uh, and I hope this is making sense for you. Um, so today, I, I just want to ask you, um, do you, is there, is there guilt in your heart because you're trying to approach the, um, the message of grace through means of the law? Because that's not, that's not going to work. You know, when you feel like there's certain things that I have to do in order to please God, or if you feel this sense inside that if I don't do certain things that I won't please God, what you're doing is you're thinking out of a law mindset. If you think I have to earn my way to salvation, then you're thinking out of a law mindset. If you think to yourself that I'm not a good Christian because I don't do my devotions in the morning, I'm not a good Christian because I don't pray, if you think that way, then what you're doing is you're thinking out of law. Thinking out of grace would say, no matter what, I am accepted by God. I am loved by God. And it's not about what I do, but it's what it's about what Jesus has done. And so what leads you into your time of prayer, what leads you into fasting is love for God, not earning. See, earning and religion, religion is earning in order to achieve love. It's effort in order to achieve love. But see, grace is I have love I am loved, and so I make an effort now. See, the gospel is not, and grace is not opposed to effort. Of course, you have to pray. You've got to read your Bible, but it's not out of religious obligation. It's born out of a place of love because you know that Christ first loved you, and so it's his kindness that leads you to a place of repentance. It's not you going after God through religious means in order to achieve his love. Because if you try to pour the new message that Jesus came to give into a, a, a vessel of law, if you live by the law and you try to earn your way into God's uh, kindness and into his love, then guess what? That's going to burst. It's not going to be able to contain the message of grace. It's not going gonna, it, gonna to ruin the message of grace. And so what you need to do is you need to make sure that you purify your vessel, that you as a human being are a new wineskin, that you are someone who doesn't think by the way of law, but you think every day and your mind and your, your, your heart is shaped by these ideas of grace that God came to give. So today, here's what I want to push uh, and really encourage you to do. Live by grace. Take a deep breath and rest because grace is rest. Grace is not earning. Grace is rest. God has done the work so you can rest. And so take a deep breath. And spiritually, take a deep breath. There's nothing more that you could achieve. There's nothing more that you could do to earn more of God's love. You've achieved it all by, by the death of Jesus on the cross. You have achieved every single thing, and there is not one more single thing that you could achieve in your life that would be better than that or earn God's love even more. You've achieved all of it because Christ has achieved it. And so now you can rest. And now you approach your walk with God from a place of rest rather than from a place of earning. 
And so I want you to think about the vessel, your body, your soul, your heart, your mind. Do, do you approach, does your soul approach religion from the place of, or does your soul approach God from the place of religion and law? Or does it approach God from the place of grace? That God has earned and achieved everything that you are ever going to need already on the cross. And now you can rest in him, knowing that every day you walk in his love and his affection. Purify your heart from religion. Purify your heart from the law. Because we always so easily go back to saying, oh man, I have to fast two days a week or else I'm not doing it right. Or I've got to pray every single morning or I'm not doing it right. And of course, those things are important. But the order with which you approach those things are really what's, what matters. If you approach it from this order, uh, God loves me and so I pray. God loves me and so I fast. I desire God because I love him and so I fast. Or do you approach it from the wrong order, which is this. I need to earn God's love. I need God to love me. I need more of God. I don't have enough, and so I am going to fast. I don't have enough of God's love or his affection. I don't feel him right now. He's not with me. Uh, that, like that type of thinking, if you approach your fasting and your prayer through that type of thinking, man, that is law. But you have everything you need. You have all the presence of God, every bit of access to Jesus already because he died on a cross for you. And so the order is important. Do you love God and then pray? Or do you pray in order to earn God's love? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray that each and every one of us would approach Jesus and his message, not through the old way of law, but God, I pray that we would approach Jesus through the new way of grace. And I pray that we could rest in your gospel, rest in your finished work on the cross, and God, I pray that we could approach life and approach you from a heart of grace and not of religious duties and of religious obligations. Lord Jesus, we know, we know that religion and grace does the same things, but in a different order. And so, Lord, I pray that we could do it in the right order. We could do it with the right heart, that we would be people of grace rather than people of the law. And Lord, I pray today that you would bless my friends, that they would have a day that is full of you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.